Hello and welcome to Keanu Club, like a cool breeze over the mountains. This is episode 62, Man of Tai Chi, from 2013, directed by Keanu Reeves. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski, and back with us today we have our religion and martial arts expert, (laughs) John Brooks. Hi, John. I've been upgraded. That's awesome. Hi, how you doing? Well, I was trying to figure out why you wanted to do this movie, aside from the fact that it's awesome. I was watching the movie for the first half, like, where's the religion angle coming in? And there's sort of a little bit, but not nearly as much as in past episodes, but we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. Before we start, there are two more things that we skipped getting to this episode, two more documentaries that Mike watched, I think both of. There is Side by Side and Sunset Strip. We skipped those because he's not really in them much, I don't think. And again, just sort of getting to the, the feature films. Right, exactly. I think skipping the documentaries was a good call. Sunset Strip, he's in for like a minute or two towards the beginning. I mean, that uh, clearly by the name of it, it's a, it's a documentary about the Sunset Strip in California. Uh, his part in particular dealt with the time he spent living at the Chateau Marmont, which was, you know, I guess kind of interesting to hear that he lived there as a young actor uh, instead of in like an actual house or an apartment. But that's it. Once he's in and out of that documentary, he never shows back up again. So I sat through another like 95 minutes learning about the uh, better days of the Sunset Strip. So that one was well skipped. The other one, Side by Side, I'm not saying we should have done Side by Side, but it's probably the closest to something we would have had a full episode on. It's a documentary about the difference between film and digital cameras and technology and how it's changing the filmscape. And I think he was making this while he was making Man of Tai Chi because it looks like he was doing research into if he was going to shoot on film or video. But it's pretty interesting. It's actually him. He's on screen a lot. You see him asking all these different filmmakers questions about filmmaking, about film and, and digital. You know, everyone from like Linkletter to Soderbergh. I mean, everybody seems to really be in this. He got a lot of access. I feel like he got access to people that normal people wouldn't get access to for a documentary like this because he's Keanu Reeves. And a little bit of who he is kind of shines through. I mean, it's interesting. He, like, breaks interviews a lot to stop and ask, like, random questions that just pop into his head, which I thought was kind of interesting. But, yeah, on the whole, I would say, you know, watch that if you want to see more Keanu, what he's like when he's on the other side of the camera in an interview setting. It's a pretty interesting documentary, too. It's really well made, and it's definitely the better of the two that I watched. Yeah, that one and the next one that we're going to skip, which Mike will talk about on the Knock Doc episode in two weeks, those are the two that I think are going to be the ones that most worth seeing just from a movie standpoint. I mean, I haven't seen any of these. I'm still skipping all the documentary stuff for now, but a lot of what we had planned was sort of shaky at best, but I think that one, the one that's next, is 21 Years, the Richard Linklater one. I think those two are worth seeing. So if you really can't get enough Keanu, probably check those two out. On to Man of Tai Chi, which I figured out is, I think, the first Keanu movie that I watched for the first time in Keanu Club that I've enjoyed since 1993. What movie was that? Freaked and Much Ado. Wow. So everything in between, I mean, the Matrix movies were in between, Speed was in between. There's a lot of movies in between that I like. It's just stuff that I'd seen before. Devil's Advocate, Constantine, you know, basically all the episodes John's been on, but everything that I was like, ooh, this could be good, I didn't like any of it. And this was finally a movie that I think 
to be fair, to be full honest, full disclosure up front, I think I like this more for the same reasons that I've liked other movies we've done recently less, because it's within the scope of Keanu. I don't know if I really would have hated Street Kings, for instance, if I just watched that randomly, but I hated it because it was in the stretch of movies that I just wasn't enjoying. Here, because I like this, you know, at all, I liked it even more, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think within the context of Keanu Club, it's definitely got his trademark on it. I feel like there's things <laughs> that are going to surface here that we've mentioned and talked about in the past that are definitely up his alley. Yeah, yeah, I, I love this movie, and I totally see what you're saying, though. I, I love it more because it's so Keanu. It's I, I love it because I admire it, and I admire how accomplished it is for a directorial debut, and especially from somewhere as you know unexpected, maybe, as, as Keanu Reeves. I actually saw the movie... And and I didn't know he directed it until the end credits. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. And so then I went back and learned about, you know, the, the genesis of it and everything else. But I really liked it when I saw it. And then I saw that he directed it. And I was really, really impressed. And it really kind of made me see him in a whole new light. Which is weird because everything about this movie is so... If you know anything about Keanu Reeves, or especially as much as we do, you know, it's it makes perfect sense. But it also just kind of adds so much more kind of dimension to him as a uh, as a person and a creator and... You're right that if you were to take it just on on the surface, it would be a, a above average movie. But there's something about it that makes it super great. Well, what I think is really cool about this, in terms of the scope of what we've done, is that comparing this to Sonny, which Cage directed, the only film that Cage ever directed, they're both similar, not in style or content, but both of them play smaller roles. Keanu plays a bigger role than Cage did in Sonny. Acid Yellow is just insane for like two scenes and he's gone. But both are really, truly like the types of movies that they've been making and the stuff that they seem interested in like Cage as this like psychosexual weird twisted New Orleans vibe and Keanu as you know this martial arts sort of torn between two worlds I mean at times Tiger Chen the main guy in this who you know the actor and the character name are both Tiger Chen he is sort of Neo like his skills you know fighting as opposed to hacking bring him into this world where he knows nothing and sort of has to make sense of it and so that's obviously the type of story that like you know we've probably seen a bunch of times but comparing it to Keanu's biggest movie that will always be his biggest movie you know I can see why he would want to tell a story like this make a movie like this and just sort of bring it to the big screen well, and part of the reason why you see the Neo connection with Tiger Chen is that Tiger Chen trained Keanu Reeves to play Neo in The Matrix. Also that. So there's there's more than just an underlying connection there. There's a reason why these movements might seem familiar to you. It's because Tiger Chen essentially choreographed them for Keanu Reeves in The Matrix. I feel like this might be a little more ambitious than what Sonny was for Cage, but they're definitely both movies with their attitudes in them. Like, Sonny, Cage was going to play the lead role at one point, so it had been a piece of work that was close to him for a long time. Uh, yeah, it's a smaller indie film, but it definitely succeeds, I feel, in what it's trying to do. This thing is like, I'm very impressed that this is a first-time director. Uh, I feel like this succeeds, I mean, not entirely, but I definitely had a lot of fun with it. And I was very shocked that Keanu pulled this off. Like, I mean, just have a different perspective of him now, knowing that he could pull something like this off. I mean, I'm not even sure that this is an American film, guys. Like, I mean, it 
plays more like one of those Jet Li Hong Kong films from the late 90s or something. Like, he, he nails the aesthetic that he's going for, for sure here. He does, yeah. Well, apparently yeah. a lot of the... I haven't seen this movie, and I know that I should, but apparently a lot of the fighting styles and sequences closely resemble Kung Fu Hustle. So there's a lot oh, here sure. that he, yeah, yeah. he's definitely playing off his influences. You are right that this is way more ambitious than Sunny. This is a better movie than Sunny. It looks beautiful. It might just be nice cameras, but like it looks really nice. The one disappointing thing, and it's nothing, it's not really a knock against this movie, but there's a minute clip on YouTube that I read in this Collider interview that there's this thing called that this writer dubbed Cam Fu, C A M F U, and there's this clip on YouTube of this, you know, if you just search Manatechi cameras, you can see this rig that they assembled to shoot these fights. And cool. it was like these overhead shots and like these undershots. And he's like, as a director, he wanted to put these shots in the movie that previously had only been able to do via like CGI. And, you know, there's this like clip of people fighting this camera going all the way around. And then due to budgetary reasons, they couldn't do that. So they had to use handheld cameras instead. And I think the fight cinematography in this is good. I don't think it's great. I think it's a little bit jumpy at times. But if we had that, like this could have been like an all-time amazing martial arts movie if they had the budget for, you know, this cam-fu camera rig. Yeah, and I, I mean, I hope that when and if Keanu Reeves directs another movie that he he's able to use that. I disagree, actually. I think one of the strengths of this movie is the way the fight scenes are shot. And one of the frustrations that I have a lot, and, and actually, so I, I watched, there's an interview with Keanu about this movie, and, they, and they, they bring this up. And it's one of the things that really struck me about it the first time I watched it, too, which is that actually the way that the fights are filmed, there is that kinetic quality to it, but it never, the, the kinetic element of it never takes precedence he always wants you to see what's going on he wants you to see tiger chen at work he wants you to see the elegance of these of this choreography and he he films it very deliberately and and it's not there's no cheap cuts it's not you know slapped together with like close angle cameras and and quick cuts and all that sort of stuff it is almost (laughs) old-fashioned in the way that it's done even though he really is trying to get in there and trying to do something new and different with with the way that he's filming it so intimately. So it would have been awesome if he could have used that technique. I, I can only imagine what the results would have been, and I, I hope I hope to see it at some point. But I I love that you can actually follow the fights in this movie, and and that he takes the time to actually get that right, and not take these sort of CGI shortcuts. Yeah, I can't imagine what you would have had to cut to get the money to use that camera. It's not like you could have just cut one fight scene and then found that. Like, well, there's, that 11, like there's 11 fight scenes, so maybe you could, that maybe too. You could have cut one of them. But yeah. Which, I want to say, I love the fact that they never... Like, there's no real long stretch of this movie where there's not a fight. Yeah, it is a fighting movie. <laughs> I mean, there's parts where, like, it feels like, okay, here's the training sequence where it's going to be, like, 35 minutes or whatever. And, like, there's a couple minutes of training, then we just get back to a fight. And it's like, okay, like, he knows what people want to see. And, like, they're all good fights, too. And What's remarkable about it is that it's not a shallow movie either. It's it, like like you're right that it never goes that long without a fight, but it's not as though the stuff in between is just an excuse to get to the next fight. There is actual 
character development in this movie. There's like an actual story going on, and the things around the fights are not just superficial, which is really remarkable. I mean, like I've seen a lot of great Hong Kong action movies and kung fu movies and all that stuff, and even some of the best ones, like really, they kind of you know plot is just a hindrance to getting getting to the fight sequences, and that's fine. But it's really kind of impressive that he actually you know there's that element of it that it really is a a fighting movie, but at the same time there's a, there's a coherent, legitimate, and rather deep character plot going on too. Yeah, I definitely appreciated being able to read the action. There's one or two things I kind of have a complaint about as far as Keanu like kind of orienting you to what's happening, but definitely during the fights, I, I felt like you could tell what was going on and I definitely appreciated that he didn't try and get too sort of artistic with them. I think at one there's one fight on the boat where he's fighting two guys at once that with the strobe light that I felt was a little out of control. Um I was kind of having trouble. I wish that was shot a little less crazy. But aside from that, I don't feel like he was trying to do things with the fight to say, like, something symbolic is happening here. Like, this is more than a fight. It's like, no, the fights the fights are fighting for the sake of fighting. Right. And that's great. Right. And you're right. Like, there is kind of this cool thing going on with, um, like, the inspector trying to track down Keanu. And then the fighter himself, Tiger Chen, struggling morally internally with using tai chi uh as power like using it for fighting at all in general for any kind of um gain like whether it be financial or otherwise like even if his friends are in trouble so like you're right there is this nice kind of struggle going on with the character he's not just this wooden cipher for us to be introduced into some underground world as much as i love blood sport you know frank dukes he's kind of (laughs) there's really not much going on with that guy but but here it helped that these fights had consequence the one thing that I don't know if it feels out of place about the fight scenes, and I guess it's kind of the point of the movie, but there's like there's this element of magic, kind mm. of. Yeah. Like there's this temple that like is in disrepair and it's gonna get taken over, and so he starts fighting to finance it to get repaired, and his master is you know, sad that he's using Tai Chi as a weapon, but, you know, I guess ultimately kind of happy that he saved the temple. Anyway, he shows up to the temple after he's been fighting, he's got, like, that taste for blood, and he and his master have, like, this pretty cool fight scene, and then his master Tai Chi's him, you know, with, like, a a shadow force ball or whatever into the wall, and then at the end of the movie, when we finally get the Tiger Chen Keanu fight scene, which is great, uh, he does the same thing to Keanu, and he kills Keanu with it. So I understand that there's sort of like this, you know, this Asian mysticism or whatever. Yeah. Did that work? It just sort of felt like I know it was set up, but when it happened the first time, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, I think, uh, again, so like... Getting back to what we were talking about before with the Nick Cage directorial debut and the Keanu Reeves directorial debut, and like both of these movies are essentially what you would imagine both of those guys like sit around daydreaming about, realized as a movie. And I think what's one of the things that's so impressive about Man of Tai Chi is like you would not expect Keanu Reeves to daydream about something of that much detail and that much coherence. But certainly we've talked about this at great length, kind of speculating on Keanu Reeves' own religious curiosity sort of wandering leanings and that element of sort of the mythological side of martial arts and eastern religion is i mean clearly like something that he finds really cool and so he threw it in his movie and by the way that's not something that's like out of place in martial arts movies we see that quite a bit the throw in of sort of the element of the the chi come alive right the sort of the force almost as a real thing as opposed to you know something that's sort of metaphor 
metaphorical or whatever it's supposed to be in, in, in real martial arts. So it doesn't strike me as out of place. It's just sort of part of the grand tapestry of this movie that is such an homage, but also its own kind of weird, new, psychedelic thing at the same time. I feel like if the movie had, had really grounded itself in a certain kind of gritty reality, then it would have felt out of place. But the movie is really weird in a lot of cool ways, and it really is sort of over the top in a lot of cool ways, but not in ways that make it gratuitous. And that sort of used but underused is, uh, is I think, pretty cool about it, actually. Yeah, I think that's one of the things Keanu handles really well, actually. One of the one of the things he does best, that sort of light touch. You know, it's it's an aspect, yeah, it comes with sort of the culture and the type, the genre as well, but he could have gone full-blown, like, throwing fireballs at the end. Right, that's, right, that's what I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah, instead he, he lets you know that he's aware that this is part of it all, and he wants to express it somehow, and I think he did it really well, and I think they kind of, they prepared my mind at a point, because, like, I wasn't expecting it, but when it happened I kind of perked up and the reason I think I accepted it so well is because the fighting like there are times in the fighting with it's clearly wire work but it's not a lot it's not more it's not as much as I was expecting like I kind of was expecting crouching tiger hidden dragon at one point and I'm, I'm really glad he never goes there but he always throws in like one or two moves that are impossible and you're like oh okay like uh, that's that's awesome they're all kind of sort of close to like believable they're a little bit stretched. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But also like that that light touch that you're saying Mike the with the wire work. There's a, there's something like there's probably a couple things in this movie that I've never seen before, but the one that really stands out to me is that final fight between Tiger and Keanu. Keanu and Keanu is like he's winning the fight for a while, and at one point he punches Tiger Chen to the point where like he flies away on the wire and then Keanu grabs his leg and pulls him back to keep hitting him. That was so cool. I was like, yeah, yeah. like that's awesome. <laughs> That scene's great. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad that scene came in the final fight and not, like, the second fight. You know, it really, I feel like it was more earned in there. Yeah, there's a, there's a crescendo. There are also other fights in this movie that are... I feel like Keanu's just sort of trying a lot of different things, and I don't think... There's no one fight that, like, I've never seen before, but there's also no fight that feels, like, generic and bland. Like, they're all above... Like, sort of like the movie. They're, like, all above average to good. And there's the one that fight, the one stands out to me now is when he's fighting the two guys which is awesome. But then, like, there's, like, the strobe light. They're basically fighting through a strobe light, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I feel like he's just like, hey, let's just see what this looks like, and then just does that, and, like, it's cool. Like, it's nothing, like, revolutionary, but, like, it kind of works, and, like, that scene in particular, and a couple scenes throughout the movie, there's, like, a really saturated, like, it almost looks like he walked into the set of Only God Forgives, and it's just like, hey, like, let's shoot a couple scenes here, because the rest of the scene, a lot of the other fights are, like, in that gray room or in that black room, and here you have this, like, crazy other world and then that's amplified with the strobe light which is cool i totally agree and i think that one of the things that's really great about this and really admirable about it is that it's not a vanity project but it is it is authentic like it like it feels like something new and created by a person that we kind of know but don't really know that much about in keanu reeves and it, it's giving us more of an insight into him and it definitely is his thing and it has his touch on it but it's not it's not indulgent it's not you know he's he's experimenting he's trying some cool things but he's he's never letting that take over like the goal of making a decent movie which he does and even when there's things that aren't 
you know, that are cool but not revolutionary. You know, like the sort of stuff that he does that I, in, in terms of the broader symbolic stuff, it's just so competent that you just, you don't expect it from someone who's kind of a niche actor who's making his first directorial debut. Like the way that he contrasts the dojo temple scenes and the lighting of it and the color palette that they use for that versus when he like first walks into Keanu's office and it's like stark and very modern and very minimalist and he's wearing the suit it's almost like the same shots in the same same place but it's it's lit totally differently it it it's shot differently and you see the sort of yin and yang you see the two different sort of paths that the character can take and it's obvious but not heavy-handed and it's the kind of thing that like any competent you know director would do but it's it's surprising to see it's so well done by someone who is essentially an amateur at this and 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 has the confidence to kind of understand that dynamic and, and go ahead and do it. It's really impressive. Yeah, I still can't get over that this movie is maybe what like 20% in English. Yeah, it's I think it's 40 I think it's 40%. Even that is insane like that he decided to make that choice. Like, I that is what I dream of with a lot more American movies. I mean, Keanu's pretty, pretty much the only white guy in this entire thing. And probably because he needed to be, you know? I'm sure if he... I, I, I would imagine he might have fought to get someone else in that role and just might have needed to do that to get the movie actually made. But that decision is super mature. I mean, that's just like... I want to see him... I want to see his next movie. Like, basically, me is too. what I'm trying yeah, to get to. Right. You I, know? That's, that's, yeah, that, this makes me really want... Like, it's been four years, and I really... Really, I, I don't know if he's in the process of making another one, but like, I really want another one now. Uh, really, the only time I ever got confused is, and I think I understand what was going on, is that Tiger Chen gets flown somewhere to fight. Is that him going from like Hong Kong to Taiwan or something? Like that was the only directorial thing that lost me. I wasn't sure what was happening there, but there was so much to juggle that I kind of let it fly and let it be like a mysterious element to it. Like, I don't know where he's going or where they're <laughs> yeah, There's just, there's a couple times where I'm just like, oh, he's just fighting wherever Keanu wants him to fight now. Basically, it's just like where I, th- I, I just assume, because you're right, like they don't really say that. I mean, they could have said that. I don't know if they necessarily need to, because I don't know how you really would do that unless you maybe put like a lower third on there but it's just like i guess wherever the money is he's gonna go there and fight for keanu yeah the other thing i got from this was it was sort of i wasn't sure if this was today or in the future or even in the past really like i thought that was a really cool sort of yeah totally there yeah there's there's, well. there's a lot of like weird futury elements to it it's yeah it is set in the mind of keanu reeves <laughs> you know what i mean like i think that's where it takes place it's like keanu reeves imagination which i think is great like and and totally like i i remember watching it the first time having that very same thought it's like oh this is timeless in terms of the way that you know it's it doesn't really exist in our world it's it's in some sort of fairly well realized fabricated world but at, at the same time that keanu reeves is the only american actor in it i think it's important not just because it's keanu reeves but because you know it's it's clear that he represents the corrupting influence of like western modernism right he's he's the american capitalist you know opportunist who is corrupting this you know, sacred way of being and trying to basically capitalize off it by turning it into reality television. So, you know, it works perfectly that way, too. Like, it doesn't feel like, oh, they inserted an, an, a white guy in this for no reason. It's like, no, the white guy, it matters that he's a white guy. It matters that he's, he's an American character because that's part of the story. He's the villain. Right, the villain, right, yeah. That is nuts. His yeah. plan... 
it's insane but it's perfect like because of what you just said like it's more symbolic like that's the one moment where it's like yes this plan is outlandish and you know campy and crazy but it works because of that what you just said like it's a very symbolic thing like he's this american reality tv guy who's like appropriating all of these uh, martial arts styles absolutely the bad guy here and he's got that great little it's not like a monologue it's more of just like a i don't i don't know how to describe it but he's just like you know i want to see that loss of innocence like i like why me like i want to see like anybody can fight like i want to see your life go from basically from good to bad like i want to see you from wearing white to wearing black and like turn you from the hero to the villain for no other reason just than just like it's good entertainment which is so cool and badass and great anybody can watch a fight tiger But to watch a person's life evolve and change, that is what I offer. This was never about the fighting. This was about you, your life. Why? Why me? Because we want to see the loss of innocence. We want to see a pure-hearted, good-natured man of Tai Chi become a killer. No. Yes. Killer be killed, Tiger. That's what they want. That's what I want. Which is a cool choice because it's kind of bold to to take the symbolism of a corrupting influence and like have him verbalize that he wants to be a corrupting influence. And it still kind of works. In in a lot of movies, that could come across as like, oh, you just made the bad guy explain his symbolic meaning. But for some reason, like in the context of the way this movie is built, it works really well. When he comes out and says, I want to be a corrupting influence upon you. That is my goal, right? And and you don't roll your eyes. You're like, no, this is cool. This is this, this, the way this movie is told and the style in which it's built, that line actually makes sense or that that monologue or whatever you want to call it it doesn't feel cheap it doesn't feel like bad writing <laughs> you know to like deus ex machina tell the audience what's happening and like we've seen him as a villain before but i feel like this is closer to the villain that he's gonna play or the type of character he's gonna play in like the neon demon and the bad batch and stuff that came out last year this year like this is more keanu as sort of a guy who just sort of has a type of power and just wants to use just because like there's no real reason like there's not like, like he's not like some like super villain he's just a guy who like wants to sort of like the joke like he just kind of wants to watch the world burn but like watch his little tiny corner of it burn through his direct influence it's interesting you say that because he, he talks about that about why he he doesn't play villains very often but why he likes doing it and he's like it's it's almost like a release when you have that purity when you can just be the guy who says like burn it down the guy who just is the the id who like has no moral challenges at all and it's just the one who gets to like say the fun things and do the fun things and not have to go through the conflict which i would imagine as an actor if i was a, a hollywood movie actor i want to be a villain like every six movies or like five movies just like take a break and just be like be the guy who gets to just not have any uh inner conflict whatsoever and just be like yeah burn it down yeah go fight that guy yeah kill everything like it's cool and i'd love bad keanu like i feel like yeah. <laughs> this is some of his best stuff like when he goes bad like I also feel like he hasn't done it a lot he's getting a lot of it out in this one movie too yeah I mean when was the last time before this movie that he was a villain I can't even think was it like much ado I can't even think about oh, it was the... like the watcher and like when yeah. it was it wasn't even great the watcher and the gift oh the gift yeah okay and I brought up then that he 
can really carry a sense of dread and be an imposing dude. I always kind of forget about that. I mean, especially at the end of this movie, you see his size comparison to Tiger Chen and like his reach with his kicks. And you're like, damn, Keanu's like a fucking big guy. It'd be really hard to fight. I could see him being like, like really good at that. But like there are moments in here because he doesn't fight until the end and because you're not sure he's kind of mysterious. What exactly is he up to? You know, what's he going to do with all of this data or info or what is he up to? There's shots of him where he is almost like a supervillain. He's like Ozymandias sitting in front of like 50 televisions. I mean, we don't really see, but he's going like camera two, camera three, camera one. And he's tracking this guy's life. And he's sitting in like a completely black penthouse with like all these dudes on computers behind him. So I almost did get at times like this supervillain surveilling the planet trapped in his own little tower uh, until he's forced out by the guy he's, um, whose life he's trying to ruin or in his mind, who's life he's trying to like actually um, unleash and like make him his true self but yeah I definitely relished in seeing bad Keanu and and it felt like he was having a lot of fun playing this character like he didn't need to do a whole lot to come across as a menacing bad dude there's another little cool thing that you just reminded me when he's like sitting in front of this whole thing like I guess I don't I mean I don't know if there actually is a commentary on screens and screen culture and like you know televised fighting but as the movie goes on like there's cameras all over Tiger Chen's life and also one of my favorite parts of the movie and like he's barely in and I think that's why I love it so much is that hungry cameraman who is just watching oh, Tiger yeah. Chen the entire time he's like oh is that like rice and pork he's like damn I'm hungry and then just like that's in the scene or like in another scene he sees Tiger Chen I think go to the cops right to snitch and he's like eating a Twizzlers just like Tiger like what are you doing <laughs> hey Tiger I'm gone man I need to shake your hand damn that guy's a beast Feast tastes pork with rice too damn I'm hungry right now man Tiger this is Gong live from Beijing Championship Hall signing off from another fantastic fight I love him. But anyway, there's like this whole broadcasting and like for good and for bad. So like when he's a pure Tai Chi fighter, he's on Chinese national TV or whatever. And that cute girl is like, oh, I saw you on TV. Were you really fighting? Like that guy looks so tough. Like, I can't believe you did that. And then when he goes and fights for Keanu, he's upset because it's being broadcast, but it's not being broadcast to China, it's just being broadcast around the world or whatever to pay-per-view. To like billionaires, I yes. guess, that are super bored. But what I love, and like, I don't, I don't know why he did this as a director but there's that one scene where he's storming out of the petition office and he just like shoves the camera out of his face yes it, it reminded me in a different way of Nymphomaniac which you did for all his movies where like you just see a cameraman in the shot like all of a sudden you're like oh right this is a movie it's almost like it's paparazzi like I can see why he's frustrated with his life being broadcast but that's like the actor getting mad at the audience it's weird and it's cool it's just another what made him decide this like I don't know but it's cool well I think one of the one of the themes of the movie is the role of audience it's the role of the entertained and the entertained themselves have some kind of a moral responsibility to what's happening. And I think that's sort of one of the broader elements of this movie's kind of criticism of modern voyeurism and reality television and so on and so forth. And I really think that those more both sharp but also subtle moments really emphasize like just how well thought out this movie 
is and, and how committed it is to the themes it's trying to convey. I think if there's one thing that stops this movie from really being great, it's that it has too much on its mind in, in a certain sense. In the same interview that I was watching with, with Keanu Reeves about this movie, he's asked that question basically of like, were you thinking about this and this and this and this and this? And his answer is like, yes. <laughs> it's like all of that. Uh, and it's true. And it does come out. And it's, you know, and it probably is kind of a rookie mistake that you overload your movie with all the things that you want to say, as opposed to sort of thinking of it as an essay and, and weeding out some of the stuff that maybe is bogging you down. And I don't feel like this movie gets bogged down by anything, but I feel like there's so many themes or so much ambition going on here that if there's one thing that really prevents it from greatness, it's that it's it, it's never quite clear what's at its core. But there's a lot there, and all the stuff that's there is really admirable and rewarding to the viewer that, you know, it, again, most first movies are vanity projects, and this is not. And I think that we could spend a lot of time pulling out all the examples where those tiny moments are, are really pretty stunning uh, in that context. Yeah, I really noticed that moment, too, where he pushes the camera out of his face because it's just such a quick and violent sort of suggestion and you know and it also says to the viewer there's other things going on here under the surface and that is probably the most blatant clue as to like look like you could sort of look at this movie in other ways than just a fighting film like there is commentary happening but he as a director again i mean he just has enough tact not to dwell per se and maybe that is part of the problem why it's overloaded is because he never wants to just sort of sit with one thing for too long he might not have that in as a director yet as the confidence of to just sort of slow down and just like meditate on one thing for a while but i don't feel like anything is unnecessary in a way you know like there might be too much stuff going on but you lose one thing and i feel like the rest of it might collapse around oh no i I agree with that entirely. Yeah. yeah, so like he's doing a good job juggling this. I think he does a better job with this movie than more proven directors have done with like less. You oh, know, absolutely. With like trying to juggle less. No yeah, question. So like I'm just yeah constantly impressed. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's like random or incoherent. I think it's it's almost as though someone like wrote a list of twelve things they want to explore in a movie, and he's like, let's do all twelve. And you know, like you shouldn't do twelve. You should do four, if that. And yeah, because if anything, like, you get the sense that he could really take all 12 of these things and make like a movie you know out of any of those right, right if you feel right. like he's got the ability to explore all of this stuff on their own but yeah so it gets it just gets a little overbearing i'm not i mean i told i never felt like it was hard to follow or or like i couldn't tell what was going on like none of that kind of stuff at all but just that like maybe at times it was a little hectic but but that that was fine because again like it kind of towards the end gets crazier and more hectic because the guy tiger is sort of like losing it and you know not sure what's going on so you're sort of getting a little more into the mind of the character in the third act anyway and, and i was fine with that i was like just let it rip at this point i just want to see him fight keanu at the end as long as that <laughs> fight is awesome and it Which was it totally I was like is. really yeah. happy it's an awesome scene i kind of wish i mean i know that you have to get him unmasked because he's keanu raising to see keanu fight but i kind of wish he had that mask on that black mask like longer in the fight and i wish like it flew off at you know maybe it's a movie cliche and maybe it makes more sense that it happened on the first punch but you know like some kind of big punch that would knock the mask off but like instead it's the first punch tiger throws and the mask is gone it's like all right like i guess we're just doing this now i i guess you avoid a movie cliche that way but it would have been cool to see something like a little bit more climactic as opposed to just like oh the first contact and just off his face yeah i hear you okay so like watching this movie i got like many street fighter moments you know 
Oh, like Vega, yeah. Yeah, like the, there's definitely that. The Interpol agent reminds me of Chun-Li. I mean, Ryu is a Japanese guy, but him and Tiger, their inner turmoil match pretty well. You know, a couple different tweaks in this thing, and, and it probably would have been the best Street Fighter movie we've had. But yeah, definitely, I would have liked maybe a couple more costumes on some of the contenders and Keanu. I felt like that black mask was his on-screen persona for the sort of fight show that they do. Because we also didn't mention that if if you don't kill some guy at a certain point, he'll come out in the black mask and just snap the dude's neck and then murk you in the locker room. You owe him a life. felt like, oh, like his on-screen persona was sort of like taken away from him. So he just panicked and had to abandon shit. And, and later he shows up at the temple for the like, actual showdown without anybody watching. Uh, maybe he just had, like, stage fright. Apparently about that mask, Keanu couldn't find one that he liked and wanted to use. And then when he just saw that mask, he's like, oh, this is the one. Like, this is the one I have to use. And, like, it's cool because, like, it's terrifying. It kind of matches that, like, finish him voice that you hear echo down when you're being commanded to kill someone. Like, it works. Yeah. I do wish I knew what the other masks that he said no to were. <laughs> That'd be a good DVD featurette. Yeah. The rejected masks. It's an Easter egg. <laughs> Keanu's rejects. Yeah. Yeah, I would actually like to see uh, some, some of like more the behind-the-scenes stuff to this, because I really felt like there was a cool design to it. The movie is super slick-looking, like it's really pretty to watch. All the different sort of fight locations had something going for them, you know, something different, whether it just be, like, lit up by the floor or they're in that weird squared, like, foam-looking room or wherever they're fighting in that weird room. I really enjoyed just, like, watching it, like, visually. I was like, okay, this is cool. So I looked up who wrote this movie, and it's some guy named Michael G. Cooney, who I don't know. He's only written two movies. He wrote this one and a movie from 2008 called Broken Path, which... There's no DVD out that I can see. It's on YouTube, but it looks like there's like a filter on top of it so it doesn't get taken down for copyright. But the reviews, like, I'm looking on Letterboxd right now, and it's only been watched by 14 people, but like, a few of the the people are like, if you want like amazing top-level choreography, like if you want less talk and more action, like this is the movie for you. So I want to find Broken Path, a a copy that's not, you know, watermarked, if I can. We should do a side podcast where we talk about that movie. Actually, that reminded me, the guy he fights at the end or he refuses to fight is the lead guy from The Raid. Oh, okay. Which is another amazing movie that's, you know, 80% action. That's just, you know... It's like 127% action. The first raid is like 20 minutes for them to get to the building, and then the next hour 20 is just one long extended fight scene. But yeah, I'm like, I'm like that guy looks familiar, and I looked it up, and yeah, it's it's this guy named... I'm going to say his name wrong, probably. Eko Uais? U-W-A-I-S? Uais? He's like, he, he won't fight him, but he's like rolling around. Tiger Chen's like rolling around. He's like, I'll fight you. And then Keanu comes out and then the cops chase him off. I was like, no, like I knew that we were going to get the Tiger Keanu fight, but like I hate that we had to wait another like 20 minutes to get it because like, we were so close. Was um was the white-haired guy that was Keanu's, like, number one dude, is he anybody? Because it, it almost seemed like he was just given sort of ceremonial role in this film. <laughs> like, like, this guy used to be some badass martial artist, and, like, let's just have his presence on screen or something. I haven't done enough research on the cast. I got that impression as well. It's probably somebody who, people who are martial arts movies nerds are listening to this right now and, like, yelling at us for being ignorant runts. The woman, son, who I think is... 
the cop? I don't know any of their names. Like, it doesn't matter if you know their names. Well, there were only, like, two girls. There was the cop and then the girl who worked at, like, the records department. This right? woman, so. yeah, this woman would have been 43 when the movie came out. So I'm assuming she's the cop. She's the cop. She's yeah. been in a bunch of stuff. She was in, like, The God of Cookery, which I saw. She was in Around the World in 80 Days. She's in Shaolin Soccer. So she's been in a bunch of stuff. Everybody else that I'm looking at has only been in a few things except for this guy, Simon Yam. Simon Yam played Wong. He's like 12th build, but he's been in 150 things. That might be the guy. That might be the one he's thinking He would have been, yeah. been like almost 60, so probably. And then there's a guy, Sam Lee, who played... Tak Ming, and he's been in 60 things. So most of the people who are in this movie, like, you know, of the 15 credit that I just checked, most of them have only been, like, in four or five things, and then there's a few that have been in a lot. I think a lot of them are stunt coordinators, so they haven't been on film before, but they've, they've been involved with martial arts companies that they, they put together stunt choreography for other movies. Because, like, Tiger worked for Ping, who did all of the choreography for the matrix movies and when he started training keanu for the matrix he was an employee basically of 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 this guy so he he was basically a nobody but kind of through his friendship with keanu reeves keanu like wanted him to be the star of a movie and i think there's a few of the fighters in the movie who basically that's their pedigree that their living is by working as either stuntmen or um, choreography consultants in martial arts movies. One thing I did notice, talking about stunt choreography and such, is that uh, somebody I caught in the credits, this is one of the last films he did stunts on, is Chad Stahelski, who will go on to direct the John Wick movies. So he he and Keanu go back all the way to The Matrix, at least. I think The Matrix. He was the martial arts choreographer for this. And John Wick would come out the next year. So he did this. He did five movies in 2013. He did After Earth, this, The Wolverine, Red 2, and Catching Fire. And then that's all he did with stunts, because now he's a director. So now he's got more important things to do. But I guess this was another thing, like, you know, I have the script that's like, that's you to a T, like, let's go do this thing. So I just saw his name, because I was like fast forwarding through the credits just to see if there's anything else. And I just happened to catch Chad Stahelski. I was like, oh, hey, look at that. One of the really cool things about this movie that we haven't talked about yet that I really like about it, and this is maybe where the religion element comes in. Obviously, martial arts at Tai Chi is hand-in-hand with Eastern religion, especially Taoism and Confucianism, that, like, there is no distinction between religious practice and martial arts, and Tai Chi is is a big deal with Taoism. So a lot of this movie is... And this is one of the the twelve things on the menu of things. Let's let's explore this idea. It has to do with Taoism and Confucianism, but but more so Taoism. And it's the one of the things I think is really unique about this movie as a martial arts movie is that the bad guy, you know, really actually isn't Keanu in the broad scheme of things. The bad guy is Tiger Chen, and that the villain, the antagonist, is the alternate path that he could walk down. And so, like, the real stakes here are not whether or not Keanu's character is going to win in the end, but whether or not Tiger Chen's going to choose the path of honor and tradition or go down this sort of lucrative, self-indulgent sort of corruption of the Taoist teachings of Tai Chi. Real quick, as we know, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. That's right. (laughs) Yes, there is. And I think this is one of the things that is is an underlying theme of a lot of martial arts movies. What I think is really cool about this movie is that 
I think it plays it a lot more explicitly. And so on the one hand, it's a, it's a, it's a unique approach to telling the story. On the other hand, I think it is a, a statement of Keanu Reeves and the other people involved in making this story and writing this movie saying like, oh, we get this and we kind of want to make a movie that, that explicitly talks about this idea that we have this guy who is his own worst enemy. And the real battle here is between these two different parts of himself that he's trying to find the balance in. And that's what the whole kind of yin-yang thing is all about. There's this, there's a shot in the movie where he's training with his master and there's a very clear, like, it's a really great shot, but it's a very clear shot of the two of them standing over the yin-yang symbol in the temple or in the dojo. And that's like one of the establishing kind of iconic shots of the movie that really tells you kind of what the rest of the movie is going to be about. If there's one thing about this movie that I think is really admirable in terms of something that it, that it does that's that's unique and sort of hasn't been uh, attempted in that way before, I think I think that's it. That's what to me kind of separates it from just being a very cool, admirable sort of first time director movie and and a really good martial arts movie into something that's actually stands out as kind of a landmark of a genre movie that is also um common like you know kind of like scream right it's like it's like commentary on the genre at the same time as being kind of an exemplar of the genre which i I think is pretty impressive i'm kind of disappointed that this isn't bigger or more successful based on what everything you just said because it's critically well received that's like a 71 71 on rotten tomatoes and the Consensus is that it may not be groundbreaking, but Man of Tai Chi represents an agreeably old-fashioned picture for martial arts fans and a solid debut. I want to see more of this. Critics want to see more of this, but maybe Keanu doesn't have another story that he wants to tell. Like, I know he didn't write the script. Maybe he just wants to scratch that itch, and the itch has been scratched, and he's done. Maybe he just wants to act. I don't know. Well, he didn't write the script, but he and Tiger did conceive the story. So, so okay. the script was written based on a story that they had been working on for several years together. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely is like this is his baby, kind of through and through, or at least him and him and Tiger Chen's baby. Maybe you're right. You know, he waited thirty years, <laughs> like to to, yeah. to direct a movie into his film career. So um, maybe he won't do it again. But... I mean, we've we've been waiting longer for Cage's second movie because he suddenly came out in 2002 so you know I wouldn't say that it's yeah. it's a it's a race between the two this movie had a 25 million dollar budget and only made about five worldwide even yeah, box office just says like a hundred grand google says five million but either way it didn't make its money back it looks beautiful for 25 million but like i would have assumed that i think maybe he thought that because he's so big in china it would have been huge over there but i guess it wasn't yeah, yeah. was it even released theatrically in the u.s because i saw it on netflix it, like soon after it came it, out and that's it, what I, so yeah, that's why it. it made a hundred thousand U.S. domestically. So I'm assuming it was just like open for like a weekend or a couple weekends to like be eligible for Academy Awards or whatever, you know? So that's crazy. Yeah, that must be why he hung it up, right? Like he's probably like, oh man, the general consensus, no one went to see it, or it wasn't, it was barely released. Well, I mean, wait till he listens that. to this episode. Then he's gonna- <laughs> <laughs> if only he did, because he would realize like there is three people keep going. Like. <laughs> But imagine, yeah, just putting all that time and effort into so much and it actually kicking a lot of ass and being really cool. And then for no one to notice, it's just got to be 
like super tough to go through something like that. I, I could see him not wanting to go through any of that again, come out the other end and then it being for nothing. But it's damn, it's too bad because I wonder what kept people away. I have a strong feeling maybe it was the subtitles. Maybe it was the stigma of him being Keanu Reeves, the actor from The Matrix. I, I don't know if directed by Keanu Reeves was necessarily like a selling point, unfortunately. I mean, you know, for us, we're fans... But it sucks because I do feel like he is a good director. I feel like a couple more films and everybody would have turned around and been like, it could have been like a Ben Affleck situation. That's what like, I was oh, just going to say. More known for directing. Right. Yes. Right. That, yeah. Like, Affleck's not known for being this great actor. I mean, he's been really great in things, but then all of a sudden he comes out and, like, directs Gone Baby Gone. You're like, holy shit, like, where'd this come from? And he's, you know, he's had other, like, he won an Academy Award for Argo. You know, the town's not great, but the town's like a well-made movie. Even if you don't like a, a guy as an actor, don't let that judge his directing because I feel like if you're reasonably intelligent and like you've been in a lot of movies and you pay attention you worked with good directors you should be able to like know how to make a movie and like if you find a project you're passionate about go for it whether that's martial arts or for Ben Affleck Boston I feel like Affleck and Reeves are both while they have that reputation as being sort of wooden, are, are both pretty cerebral guys. I mean, I, and I do feel like they're both the sort of people who, whatever they're doing, they take in everything that they can about what's going on. And I, and I think that sort of is, is, is reflected in their success as directors in, in both respects. And right, they're not objectively, like, neither of them are Laurence Olivier, like, for, you know, for sure. We know that, but that doesn't make them useless. And I, and I think what's, what's great about both of those guys and and you know it's there definitely is is more than one kind of similarity. I think what's great about both of them is that they prove that the way that Hollywood tries to kind of slot things as like you are a good actor or you're good looking or you're a good director or you're a good writer and like there's nothing else like there's no nuance to it. I, I think that they defy that that they say like no like the creative process can take a lot of different forms and and you can have strengths and weaknesses within it and it doesn't necessarily mean that because you're not as good as Matt Damon is as an actor there isn't still a place for you to to do incredible creative thing i think one of the things that we've talked about whenever we talk about Keanu Reeves and all the episodes that i've been on with you guys is that one thing that we love about Keanu Reeves is that he has found this way of like making what he does into a career which is a Astonishing and like really kind of cool and great that he has found a way to like make being Keanu Reeves a job, <laughs> right? And a very lucrative job and one that nobody else can play the roles that Keanu Reeves plays. They are Keanu Reeves roles, except with one exception, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Inception. That's the only one <laughs> where somebody other than Keanu Reeves has played the Keanu Reeves role. Wow. But you know, it doesn't doesn't happen very Although well. in this movie, there's one scene where I was like, oh, Tiger Chen completely nails the Keanu thing. It's when the police officer runs up to him and she's just like, do you know this guy? Like, what do you do for him? Like, whatever. And he's just like, he delivers his lines in a way that's exactly how Keanu would talk. He's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I work security. Just completely disinterested, completely flat line reading. I was like, oh my God. Like, he's, he's Keanu. <laughs> Yeah, that's good direction. Just imagine what I would do. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Watch watch the scene from Speed and then do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a great observation. I like I honestly hadn't even thought of that until you just said it and I was like playing that <laughs> scene in my mind and I'm like, My God, you're spot on. That's that's totally true. There's one really tiny little 
religion connection that I don't know if you caught, because I didn't even notice, but in the car that comes to pick him up, the license plate is N666L4, which apparently refers to the fourth level of Dante's Inferno, which is Greek. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Well, we know that Keanu loves the little shout outs to mythology and religion and, and so on and so forth. So well caught. I didn't even notice that before. That's, I didn't that's... catch it either. It's all IMDb. Don't give me too much credit. It's a little Keanu Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good job reading the trivia page on IMDb. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But that's totally a Keanu thing to do, right? Is like those tiny little like nods to the devil. The devil's always got to play some kind of role in Keanu Reeves movies. That's all I have about Man of Tai Chi. Mike, do you have anything else in your notes you want to cover? No, n- not especially. No, I mean, I just want to reiterate that I was kind of sitting there in shock afterwards. Like, I couldn't believe that this was Keanu, that he had made this movie. Uh, I mean, that's it was it's awesome. I'm so glad that his directorial debut was really good. I'm just sad that it's like completely overlooked. Like, it's never talked about. Like, I haven't heard... I mean, it's only five years old, but still, I haven't heard a thing about this since it came out. I, I never no even heard of it, it until we started doing this. Yeah, I never saw it until I sat down to watch it the other night, and... That, I think that's too bad. Like I should, I wish this was. I wish I had seen this sooner. I wish I had known that Keanu was this strong a director, and I really wish that he makes another movie at some point in his life. And I mean, he doesn't even necessarily need to make a movie. Like after thinking about all of the sort of uh, social commentary about reality TV here, why not do like a Black Mirror episode or something like that? You know, like he doesn't have to do a movie. I want to just see him direct stuff. Uh, give him like episodes of TV from like an episode of Walking dead or something i don't know but i feel like that is a strength of his i feel like he's a good actor but he has potential to be like a really great director here i mean he just came out with such a big surprise i mean i'm still sort of floored thinking about it having trouble kind of like putting it all together i'm definitely going to revisit this one rewatch it i mean i just love martial arts movies and this is a really good martial arts movie on its surface but then it's got all that other stuff going on underneath to really kind of think about that i feel like a second watching, you know, wouldn't hurt. So yeah, I definitely say check this out. I don't even think like I'm overhyping it. Like I really feel like it's really cool and that uh, if you're a f- fan of Keanu, you really like it. We're not saying like it's a great, great movie that like isn't it's done all these revolutionary things, but like if you want to see Keanu in a cool movie and an amazing directorial debut and like an overall just like cool movie that like flies by, check it out. Yeah, I've been hyping this with you guys for months. <laughs> like, I kept telling you how excited I was to get to this, This, even though it's my last episode, which makes me kind of sad, how excited I was to get to this movie. And and yeah, and I know that you were like, why do you want to do this one? But now you know why, and I'm, and I'm glad I've been able to preach preach the gospel of Man of Tai Chi. Yeah, it's really great. I mean, like, you will not regret watching this movie. And I think people, especially who, like, love John Wick and need a, you know, a fix of just, like, great action with Keanu Reeves in it until John Wick 3 comes out. It's a great holdover. This is a tragically underseen movie, and and it is absolutely 100% worth seeing. And I feel like if you listen to the whole this whole podcast, I think we've accurately represented it. Like, I think our, both our excitement and also criticism of it are fair and we'll give you the the proper impression as to what you would expect going into it hopefully without too many spoilers plus like you can't really spoil martial arts movies like no you can't yeah the bad the bad guy gets his ass 
kicked in the end. That's how it ends. Every time. So, Every time. <laughs> like, but the stuff that happens in between in this movie is really cool. So, so that's what makes it great, because you know how it ends. I'm sad that it's over. I'm sad that we've now, now had the Man of Tai Chi episode, because I love this movie, and I'm glad you guys did too. Well, thank you so much for not only this episode, but for giving us religion lesson after religion lesson. I feel like Mike and I, because we're firsthand, got you know credits for like a, a religion minor. I would say that people who listened, if you listened to all of them, you get credits for like at least a course or two. So sure, yeah, you know, you get correspondence, uh, course credits, or something. Sure, absolutely. Send me some paperwork. It's all good. No problem. Yeah. And you will be back on our next secret project, which we have not announced yet. So John's not going anywhere. He'll be back eventually. So for all things Keanu Club and all the episodes that John was on and everything we've talked about, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter. Exciting news since the last time we recorded. I mean, this is kind of old news because this all happened about a month ago, but we have a new show on our network called Wistful Thinking, which comes out the 8th and 22nd of each month, and is a look back at the things that you loved as a kid. Are they still good? Or is it just Wistful Thinking? So go check that out. That's co-hosted by... Jordan and Kara, who have both been on Keanu Club. Go listen to those. And also now we're on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play, as opposed to just iTunes and the website. So those four places you can go listen to everything we've done, all of our shows and all those places. Go forth and listen. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And that was John Brooks. And we'll see you next time on Keanu Club. 